0: We have been up against
1: opposition. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to pray one more time for those that need physical healing. You know, at Foursquare Church, we believe in God the healer. Amen? And Jesus says in John 14, he says, those who believe in me will do the same works I have done, even greater works. And I've shared this with you before. Jesus... Healed the sick. Jesus healed the blind. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Jesus raised himself from the dead. And we can do the same and even greater works. He told us this. So let's pray. I'm going to be specific. Lord, I trust that you are our healer, Lord. We are praying right now for you to heal Skip, Lord. We are praying right now for you to heal D, Lord. We are praying right now for you to heal Brad, Lord, anybody else that I'm missing right now, Lord, you know who they are. And in faith, they're sitting there online or they're sitting in this room saying, I need that same healing right now, Lord. Father, I pray your spirit come down and touch them right where they're hurting, Lord, that you heal them, Lord. And later that they come back to us with a miraculous, you don't even know how great I feel all of a sudden. Father, we just thank you in advance for what you're going to do. We trust you, Lord, in Jesus' name, Amen. amen. All right, I'm excited. So the first thing that you can do, Boy, I'm getting more comfortable. That's good, right? And I'm not an uncomfortable speaker in front of people. Like I can do that, but it's like this is different. This is, you know, I sell flooring for a living, and I'm the main presenter. My company's sending. I'm the I'm the guy from our region who's being sent to Vegas for our week long trade show there coming up in uh, at the end of this month and into th- early February. Because my boss loves me as the guy I am that I present. And he's like, you're the guy. You know, I get the VPs come out from Texas and we present to special buying groups. And they want me to present our brand to the group. So so getting up and being a public speaker is not an issue for me. But that's just work. Work just pays the bills. I'm making that sound small, but that's small. That's just work. This is of way greater importance. This is eternal life. This is God's looking at me saying, Chris, you're responsible for what comes out of your mouth. Every, every word that comes out of your mouth, I'm going to hold you accountable to it. And I carry that weight when I take this microphone in my hand and I come up here, okay? So the first thing I want you to do is if you open your, uh, if you open your, uh, your handout, you're going to see at the top, it says the call of Abraham, part one, Abram's journey. Just cross out that number one and change it with the number two because a human error on Chris's part. Because last week was part one, and this week is part two. Okay, amen? So, um, and you're probably looking up here going, what happened to Chris's head? Uh, I had a barbell accident. I don't really call it an accident. I just, you know, I tried to dive under the barbell too quick and definitely scalp myself. And it was really fun when my wife came in the garage and goes, what's wrong with your head? And I'm like, what? And she's like, it's bleeding. And I'm like, oh, there's some skin on the bar still, you know? And... Uh, you know, and I look at a lot, you know, for those of you that know me, I'm a competitive power lifter, and, and I love to weightlift. I've been doing it for over 25 years on and off, weight lifting weights. I love lifting weights. It is something that I've learned from all my time of training that it's so much that you can apply to the spiritual relationship that I have with the Lord. It's like you're keeping yourself spiritually trained, and you have to push yourself past what your body wants to tell you, I'm done. And I do that on a constant basis. I come to a limit where my body says, I'm really tired, Chris. I don't want to do any more. But you see, I've come to learn that that's where growth, there's no growth right there. Growth comes from what I do next. The next indicated thing is I'm going to push my intensity up, and I'm going to go and push myself to a maximal effort. And when I do that, that's where growth and change and, and, and progress occurs. And it's the same thing with our spiritual walk. You know, if you're, reading, if you're reading a chapter of the Bible a day, bump it up to two. If you're reading two chapters a day, bump it up to three. Step out of your comfort zone, amen? Because we all like a comfort zone. I know I do. You know, when we talked about when we started this 21 days of prayer and fast, I'm going to joke with you. I was like, well, I wonder if I could fast work. That'd be great. <laughs> Let me fast work for 21 days. It won't work out. My boss wouldn't have liked that. So remember last week, we started the journey of Abram. And we're, we're looking at Abraham, who's going to be later renamed Abraham. But we started the journey with Abram. And we talked about uh, we talked about how Abram was chosen by God. That was our first bullet point. Abram's faith was tested. Why was his faith tested? Well, in the beginning, remember that I already told you, There's no real, there's no real scripture that talks about how Abram began a relationship with God. The only thing that we know of him is that it starts out and it says, you know, uh, uh, Abram was. Uh, God spoke to Abram and said, depart from your land, depart from your family, depart from pretty much everything you know, and go on this journey to where I'm going to show you. And that's why I brought the board up here, because I'm going I'm to show you that journey in just a second here. So last week we read about that. Remember that we have no knowledge, got it. And I asked you guys, I, I, I challenged us as a church, would you be willing to walk away from everything you know? Okay, how many of us here are around 50 and under? Okay, I'm, I'm under 50, right? Then we got 75 and under. Okay, 75 and under. Take a look around the room at 75 and under. Now, picture what I'm going to show you. So, Abram in his journey with his father, he'd already traveled this route here. This is Ur. So, Abram's already gone on this journey. This is what they believe. And this is Haran. So, this is where Abram was when he was 75 years old. So, at 75 years old, he lives on his father's property. He's got money. He's got Livestock, he's doing very well. He's 75 years old. Let's see the hands again, 75 and under. Okay, you live in, you live wherever you live. You're comfortable. You've even retired now, right? You're here. Now God says to you, we have no recollection of how, I love to do this. I love to make you think. I want to keep you on your feet. I want to put you in the place and the perspective of being Abram here. You're 75 years old and God comes to you in a vision or a dream or in person. We don't know. It's not really specified, but he says, I want you to go down to this land I'm going to give you. I'm going to, make you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to do all these amazing things with you. But you need to get up and you need to leave the land that you live in. You need to leave your comfort zone. You need to get up and you need to go. So what does he do? He does it. And he travels all the way down here to Bethel. And he builds an altar there to the Lord. Now, what happens next in the story? Uh, so he was given the promise, I will make you a great nation. This was Genesis 12, 2 and 3. I will bless you and make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse you, Curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Remember we used the word families that I showed you was the original Greek word, "michkapas," something along that lines. I, don't, I didn't write it down again. But that word meant of all tribes, of all kinds, of a species. So the, so the word that was used there meant more than just his immediate family and more than just his bloodline family. It meant all the tribes of the families of earth at some point were going to be blessed by him. So, God promised Abram that if he trusted his calling and he trusted in faith to leave everything behind that, that he loved and knew. Everything he loved and knew. Okay? I, I was talking about it last week when I shared with you guys. I did the same thing. I grew up in La Mirada, Whittier area. I'd lived there over 35 years, and I just up and left. You know, and and, and did I see it that way? Yeah, I saw what was God doing with us when we left? And we went down south. So so it's funny about Abram's journey. So once he got here, this is where the journey took a weird twist, right? What did we read later in the story? We read that there was a famine in the land and he left. And then he went down to Egypt. So remember, now he travels all the way down here to Egypt. And then we go into the story where he finds out, you know, he gets to Egypt. Now, Abram does the human nature thing. What is the human nature? My wife is beautiful. When we get there, they're going to kill me and take you. So you're going to lie and say you're my sister. And in doing so, I'm going to cause others to stumble and sin. And I mean, you know, and it's very sad. I mean, we don't even know what physically happened with his wife after that when they went there. But we do know that when Pharaoh found out he was his wife, because, uh, because all of a sudden there was curse and things started to happen negative in Egypt, that the Pharaoh was like, hey, this woman's your wife. Why did you tell me she was your sister? Now take your wife and get out of here. And he didn't kill him. He just sent him back on his way with everything he owned. So he traveled back up from here to here. And we're going to take place in the story today of when he arrived back. Because this is a strange part of the journey, right? Here you are, you're 75 years old, and God says, go to this land I promised to, to, to use you in. And you leave everything you know behind. Your families, your friends, Massachusetts, you leave it all behind. Okay? And you come down here, and when you get here, You're like, wow, this place is awesome, and you build an altar to the Lord, and all of a sudden there's a famine in the land so bad that you have to leave. Doesn't that not make sense? This is where you would begin to question what is going on, God? What you know, I I did what you said, and I don't is this the promised land? But it's like, remember, God appeared to him and said, This is the land. So we're gonna jump forward here and we're gonna read. This week we're gonna continue on that journey. While he's faithful to his calling. But we're going to look at some different aspects today. So I'm going to pick up in Genesis 13. We're going to read all of Genesis 13. So uh, it's in your notes there. And if you brought your Bible, excellent. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Then Abram went up from Egypt. Do I have that in there, Mike? I don't think I put it in there this week. No, no. On, On the notes, yes. I didn't put it on the prompter because it takes like 10 minutes to skew all that into different slides. And I said, it's in the notes. I don't need to put it on the prompter. Then Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, all that he had. So remember, I just told you, he left Egypt just now. Uh, And Lot with him. So remember Lot. Lot's the key part of the rest of today's story. And it says, and Lot with him to the south. Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. And he went on his journey from south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first where he built that altar. And there, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Lot also, who went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. So let's pause right there in the story. Because when we always read the story about Lot, the only thing that comes to your mind is probably two things. When you think of the name Lot, two things come to mind. Sodom and Gomorrah, and a wife turning to a pillar of salt. That is all that we usually think of when we think of Lot. But we're going to look at Lot in a different perspective today. Because right here it says, Lot also, who went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. So Lot was also a powerful person just like Abram. So when Abram went on this journey and Lot went with him, it's almost like he went as a partner or his right-hand man, his associate pastor. You're my guy. Lot was just not some character in the Bible. Lot was a powerful person just as much as Abram who brought all his stuff with him. And they went together on this journey. So they were almost like partnered. Okay, because we don't look at Lot that way, but we need to look at Lot that way today. It says, now the land was not able to support them. Because you had both Abram and Lot living in this land. I'm going to complete this here. That's the Jordan River for you that don't know. And really the borderline is the Jordan River. Um, So Lot went, uh, so uh, now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together and there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock okay so now you got you got these guys here and there's strife with these guys here and these are just the workers for Abram and Lot okay I'm horrible writer on the board it usually looks a lot better at home um So Abram and Lot's guys, there's strife between them. Now this is a part of the story that we miss out. Because we just glance through this stuff. Amen? When you're reading these stories, you just, you glaze through it. You're like, yeah, I read Genesis 13 today. Uh, uh, Yeah, they went through, they left Egypt, and they got there. And then Abram, God told him that he was in the right place. You miss what's going on here. So, here you go. Uh, It says, there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock, The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. So there was also other people dwelling in this land, the Canaanites, who later, uh, Joshua went back in the land later when they took it from the Canaanites. So the Canaanites had never left. They were there already. So Abram said to Lot. Remember, leader one, leader two. Abram said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen. For we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Now there's an interesting twist to the story here. Please separate from me. I don't know if this was the greatest solution. I don't know. Now was it ordained this way to happen? Yes. Or... Through freedom of choice, was this the way the story went? Yes. But instead of trying to reconcile what was going on, instead of being an effective leader and saying, we need to fix what's going on here, what's broken, and we need to fix it, he's avoiding the conflict. Abram avoids the conflict. Remember that Abram had a weak character when he went into Egypt and lied about his wife. He had a weak character. And there was a weak character role here, in my opinion. Because he said, Please separate from me. Whoa, we're partners. I traveled, you know, here's 100 miles on the map. This is like a 1,500 mile journey for Abram from when he left Ur. Okay? This is quite the travel down here, six, seven, eight hundred miles. Okay? We, we're, we're in this together, but he doesn't. He doesn't even acknowledge that. Now, how much time has passed in this travel? How much time tra- passed? You know, in the Bible, we read a, a scripture, we read a verse, we read a sentence, and we don't realize that sometimes years could be passing. Because remember, when Abram's going to eventually have his son is a uh, twenty-five years later. So there's a lot of time that's passing during this travel. We went together. We were partners, and instead of trying to 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 bring together the conflict and resolve it the right way, weak character says, please separate from me. So he says here, please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. Now, leader number two here doesn't look at things through the lens that leader number one has. Leader number one here is on a mission from who? From God. Leader number two is on a mission from With leader number one, trusting in his God. So it says, uh, Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of the Jordan. Right out here. Saw all the plain of the Jordan. That it was well watered everywhere. This was before Sodom and Gomorrah. Like the garden of the Lord. That's what the scripture says. So let me read that to you out loud again. I'm going to eliminate the parentheses here. Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go towards Zor. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan. Hey, you know what? I'm taking a look around here, this promised land place that you got. Yeah, I'm good, dude. I'm going right over there. I'm going to the garden of Eden. Look at that garden of the Lord over there, well watered. I'm going to go there and be taken care of. And Lot, instead of saying, I don't want to separate from you. Let's work this out. He took the path of least resistance here. He's like, I'm going that way. And that looks better over there. The grass is greener on the other side, Abram. I'm out of here. Right? We all know where that story led for Lot. We'll get there later. It says, uh, So then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. So they believed that Sodom was about right here. They believe just like they believe that Ur was here, we don't, we're not 100% certain this is what scholars and historians believe. So they believe that Sodom would have been right around this area here. Uh, so it says, uh, Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. Northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. So that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants could also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land throughout its length and its width, for I give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre which are in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. This is the second time in the story on, Lo, on Abram's journey where he built an altar to the Lord. And remember, I talked about that at a certain point a while back where I talked to you guys about building an altar in your life, building altars in your heart, building altars in your lives for your children, building altars. So here, Abram built a second altar. So now we're going to get into our notes. I think you have number one. Okay, you can go past that, Mike. Abram was chosen. Press forward. Number one is you need to press forward. Because remember here what's going on in this story? Abram travels from Haran at 75 years old down to this land here. Who knows how long he was there, and all of a sudden there's a famine in the land, and he goes down to Egypt. He presses forward. He doesn't... What would be your natural reaction if you were here, and there was famine in the land... Where would most of us go? Home. Home. I'm going back here. That's right. We go home. Abram did not do that. And Lot did not do it either. They went on and they went south to Egypt. To the land of milk and honey. The Nile River was there and they went to Egypt. Because, hey, we're going to read about another journey to Egypt and famine later in the book of Genesis. I don't even know how long it's going to take us to get there. But we are going to get there. That'll be in the story of Joseph. Uh, so we will be going in that direction. So we're going to hear about this kind of same journey again. So we need to press forward no matter what. We do make mistakes, and we do make poor decisions, okay? Abram made mistakes, and he made poor decisions. Even though he pressed forward on in this journey when he came here, I think it was a poor decision, and I think it was a mistake to lie about his wife. Because God had already told him that if... You do, if you come here to this land I'm going to give you, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to make you a great nation, I'm going to do all these things with you. But he didn't have full trust in that when he got there, and he allowed fear to get the best of him, and he made a bad decision, the lie. So I wrote here, uh, Genesis 12, 18 through 20, and Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? She is my sister. Why did you say she is my sister? I might have taken her as my wife. Now therefore, here's your wife, take her and go away. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. He was able to leave after lying to Pharaoh with everything he owned. They didn't beat him up, they didn't steal his stuff, they didn't send him out. He was fine. So it tells you here that God had a plan for him. He didn't need to lie. Okay, he didn't need to be misleading, but he did. So He's pressing forward, but we need to, we, we, we make, we do make mistakes and we do make poor decisions as humans, but we need to work on not doing that, okay? Number two that we're going to look at today is conflict. There will be conflict. There's going to be conflict while we press forward. There's going to be strife. We're going to build this church, Amen? We are going to build this church. This church has been in a growth phase, and we are going to build this church. I expect growth by the end of this year, big growth. So much so that we're going to look and go, man, God has been good to us all year. I believe in that. And how do I know that? Because we are up against, the, the enemy is attacking this church right now. Through pain, COVID, injury, whatever way he can. Doesn't matter We are more than conquerors. We are going to build this church, and let's do it this way. Let's not make mistakes. Let's not make poor decisions, and and, and there's going to be conflict, but we need to be healthy leaders and resolve it differently. So Genesis 2, 13, 7, And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. So remember we talked about here. I talked about the, the division that was going on here. And remember, Abram said. Instead of Abram saying, "Hey, let's do, let's work this out, let's let's make this work together," there's plenty of space here for all of us. Instead of saying that, he said, "Please separate from me. Just go, go, go over, go wherever you need to go. We're brethren. We're good. I love you. You love me." He's 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 not looking for a way to solve this conflict. He's looking for a way out of the conflict. So I put here number three. Commit to healthy leadership. That's what I wrote. Commit to healthy leadership. We need to commit to healthy leadership. We need to not do what Abram did in this story and we need to not do what Lot did in this story. I wrote letter A, healthy leaders dissolve conflict. Healthy leaders will talk to you when something is not right. Weak leaders will avoid conflict. Okay? (laughs) Weak leaders will avoid conflict conflict come to my garage lift weights with me i'll put you in conflict all day <laughs> <laughs> you know weak leaders will avoid conflict. sometimes i almost get myself in i i look at it sometimes i almost get myself in trouble at work i'm a part of a, i'm a part of this ambassador program where i'm one of the leaders from my division that i work with a corporate team so there's one person uh... from every region across the country and we have a meeting with corporate once a month where we talk about what's going on, our thoughts, our ideas. I take that meeting hostage quite a lot. There's many times where I've said to Bibi, I get off the phone call, I'm like, I'm going to get fired. You know, because, because I speak my mind. I, I, I don't believe in not addressing what's really going on. And my, my favorite thing with corporate that I always say is this, don't treat me like a customer. Don't, don't treat me like a customer. Because that's what, that's what corporate America does to their employees. They treat you like a customer. They treat you like you're stupid. And they don't want to really tell you what's really going on. they to—they got smoke and mirrors going on while they're doing things in the background to make more money for them and less money for you. You know, it's, it's, it's corporate America. So I always say don't treat me like a customer. So I always, get, I always feel like I'm going to get myself in trouble. I've almost wanted to resign from the position a few times as being a part of our ambassador group. Only because now I'm so much busier now with church, with uh, doing school at night. So I do, I do a class every week, I do a lecture every week, and then I have assignments due and reading, and I'm working on preparing our sermons, and I've got my regular job with my job, and I've got my family, and I've got my training, and we've got a competition coming up in April, and I'm her coach, and there's so much going on. There are so many moving pieces to our life that that extra responsibility was something I volunteered for, at which point sometimes I'm like, I need to, I think I'm ready to step out of that, because that even takes more for me to go out and do other things outside of what I do in my normal day duties with work. But um, healthy leaders dissolve conflict. We look at what's going on and we confront it. And we don't look for division. We look to unite. Okay? That's what a healthy leader does. We're going to unite. We're not going to ask you to separate if you don't agree with us. We're going to unite. Okay? Amen? Genesis uh, 13.8. so Abram said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me and between me and my herdsmen, me, my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. But it didn't end there. Please separate from me. I don't like that. I don't like that way that finished. So, number four. Don't let your calling be separated by temptation of the eye. Who had temptation of the eye? A lot, right here. And you think he wasn't a part of this calling? I've got a mission for you, Abram. You're going to go, and you're going to do this, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make your, your, your you're going to bless the whole earth. I'm going to make a great name, uh, your name a great nation. Well, guess what? This is his nephew. So he was a part of this promise. He's a part of this calling. He's the partner who went with him on this trip. Okay, Lot had a calling in this story. If, if 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 God told me and God put it on my heart to up and move to Texas, if my wife comes with me, she's my lot. Okay, she's my partner in this ministry. My wife is my partner in our ministry. You are our ministry. I am your ministry. We are a church. We are together. We are in a partnership. Remember. Two weeks ago, you guys are going to support me. Well, just as much, I said I'm here to support you. I stand with you. I stand beside you. I stand behind you. I'm here to lift you up. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to teach you about God's word. I'm here to give you a way to look at God's perspective. I want us to all be on the same page with who God is, what God wants from us, what God's doing in our lives, what God's doing in this church, and how we can be a part of that. And how we don't have division and we don't have strife and we're not going to have conflict because we're going to overcome it. Amen. Okay. Bad leaders seek the path of least resistance. Oh, I don't want to discuss that. Oh, I don't want to talk about tithing. Then they're all not going to come to church. Remember Mark, you said, I've I've never not heard a pastor say that. I've never not heard a pastor say, once I talk about tithing, nobody's coming back next week. Because you start talking to people about money, and they get defensive. And then they say to you, please separate from me. <laughs> don't talk about my money. Separate from me. You go your way. I'm going to go mine. I'm going to go to a new church. I'm going to go to a new church where they don't ask me directly for money. Six months, It'll be six months before somebody confronts me about tithing again. This is something we need to do. This is how we support our church. You want to talk about tithing being scriptural? I could show you in there where it's scriptural, and I could show you in there where it only applied to the Israelites. It doesn't matter, but the fact is this. Those tithes supported the Levites who did not have an inheritance in the church. The other 11 tribes had their own inheritance. They had land. They had all this. The Levites didn't tithe. The 11 tribes tithe to provide for the Levites. Well, this church is your Levite tribe. This building is your Levite tribe. The electricity around here is your Levite tribe. The functions that we're going to do this year are your Levite tribe. We have to support the Levites. This is the Levite church. Amen? Okay. There, I even brought up tithing today. <laughs> Didn't expect to do that. Genesis 10, 13 through uh, 10, uh, Genesis 13, 10 through 13. We're talking about bad leaders seeking the path of least resistance. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go towards Zor. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan. Boy, it looks great over there. Hey, that church, they got a whole bunch of activities going on over there. I'm going to go over there. I walked in, you only had nine people today. Last week, we had seven people in here. We went from 40 people one Sunday to seven. COVID was like, I got you. I'm going after you guys. The big things are about to happen there. i got to shut it down. Remember I told you this. When opposition is happening in our church from the enemy, I'm going to tell you right now, that's a good thing. Because when you're not doing the Lord's work, the devil don't care about you. He's not interested in ruining any of your plans because your plans are for him. When your plans are against him, and you're growing the body of believers, and you're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you're getting new people to get saved... We're not talking about retreads. I'm talking about bringing in new believers and growing the kingdom of Christ. When we are doing that work, the enemy is going to attack us. So when I see injury and I see COVID and I see us go from 40 to 7, I praise God. I get excited because I have watched the enemy be attacking my wife and I in our ministry For a long time and I always see God do something amazing after but this is where God has planted us so the amazing things are not going to just have an end of the story it's going to keep becoming more and more amazing and I am excited amen Amen. okay so Lot saw the pleasures similar to the garden of Eden and abandoned the claim with Abraham remember he had claim here he was a part of this promise He had money and livestock and herdsmen and people working for him. He had. He was doing well. But he abandoned it. Because it looked really nice over here. It looked easier over here. That's what it did. It was easier. The grass is green. I walked in. They had a fancy computer. Signed my kid up. I never had to talk to anybody again. I went in, the lights flickered, there was smoke, they had smoke machines in the corners. The light, I walked in, it was dark, and there was music playing, and I didn't have to look at anybody. It was great. I sat down, they had a music going in the background the whole time, and then the worship team came out, and this girl came skipping across the stage, and she did a backflip through the air, and they told me I was loved there. That's the church I want to go to. I'm going over there. Okay? Okay? What are we going to learn? The grass is never greener on the other side. Sodom and Gomorrah gets destroyed in a little while. We're going to move into that story pretty soon. So, answering God's call on our life, on this church, is not going to be easy. It's going to take a perilous journey at 75 years old. There may be some famine. We may have to shift some things around. Then we're going to go back to where God intended for us to be. There's going to be people who want to go over here. But we're going to unite and we're going to eliminate that from happening. We're going to save them from going off to Sodom and Gomorrah where there's destruction. Amen. We're going to grow this church. So we're going to continue to press forward. Okay. Continuing to press forward. So what happened next? The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him. So Lot left. Abram's left behind. He's in the land of the Canaanites. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, for all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. Take a look around this room. Look north, south, east, and west. I don't see heads moving. I'm kidding. God is going to grow this room here. God is going to flourish this church. Dale prayed over every street seat in this church just recently. Praise God. That's the workers that we have around here. Dale faithfully sends me emails, calls me, texts me. I've had more communication with Dale in the last month and a half than any ministry leader ever in any area of ministry I've ever been participated in. Dale cares about this church. Dale cares about what God's doing here because God is actively working in Dale's life. I know that. I see that. I feel that. Skip, we couldn't get him to sit down today. He wants to be up here worshiping. He wants to be up here leading us in worship because his heart wants to serve. Amen. I had to beg him last night, just come and sit in the church and sit down in a pew and just be there. He's here. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to be faithful to answer the call. We're going to be faithful. We're going to know that our faith is tested. Faith got tested here, man. The land ran into famine. What do we do? We're going to go. Know there's going to be strife and conflict. we got to be prepared. Things are not going to sound right. I may get up here and say something about tithing that you don't like. I may get up here and say something like, You've been sitting in your chair for two years. Get involved. I may say something that you don't like. I don't care. I do, but I don't care. I'm a healthy leader. And that's what I do. I'm gonna confront you. I'm gonna try to build you up. I'm gonna encourage you. I'm gonna equip you. I want to lift you up. I want you to. I know you can squat that. <laughs> you're gonna do it again. Get under there. <laughs> She's gonna, you're done. Know that there's going to be temptation on our journey. The plains, in, the plains east in the Jordan are going to look real good. Like, man, I've been, I've been here for two years. I'm burned out. My knee hurts. I don't want to get up there and sing anymore. I don't feel that I'm getting the vibe. I don't know what is going to come in our heart. I don't know. But challenges are going to come. Temptation is going to come. And we're going to overcome it. Amen. We're going to stay here in the land that God promised us. And we're going to build this church. So we're going to stay the course and let God carry out his promise on this church in our lives. And we're going to do it all together. Amen. Amen. Let me find the cap to this. I think I lost it. Boy, I got excited today. Um, take a breath. Whew, calm down. Amen. Um, Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the Rivers Church, Lord. I thank you for our church family. Lord, I thank you in advance for what you're doing. I thank you that you've given us your word to look to, Lord, to trust in, Lord, to believe in, Lord, to guide us, Lord. I thank you. I thank you for those of us Who are here today, I thank you for those that are at home watching. I thank you for those that are sick, Lord. I I thank you for those that are injured. I thank you, Lord. It's time that you heal, Lord. It's time that you come in and you step in and you take, you take, you take control here, Lord. You encourage people to come back to the building, Lord. You encourage people to join us, Lord. You encourage people to lean on you in faith, Lord. Father, I just thank you for what you're doing here in our church. I thank you for our giving, Lord. I thank you for our ties, Lord. I trust that you're gonna take care of us in those areas, Lord. I trust that you're going to stir our hearts to chase after you with all of ourselves, Lord, that we offer ourselves as living and holy sacrifices to you. Your word says it, Lord, and I thank you. I thank you for this church family so much. I thank you for your message today, Lord. You spoke to me through through me. And I thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.